Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome back. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. Thanks for hanging on through the break. I was a little bit hurried at the end of that last segment. I didn't uh, manage my time very well. Uh, before I get into what I was about to share with you, dealing with the Iranian regime kind of compared and contrasted with the people of Iran, I wanted to invite you to take a look uh, at the KSL News Radio app. Uh, many of you I know are listening in your cars, uh, but maybe once you get to the workplace or if you're at home or whatever, uh, we have an app. It's the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. A lot of good features there. It's not just uh, me rambling. There's also a video uh, footage, or you can live stream uh, via video what's going on here in the in the studio. Uh, again, it's not just me. I have uh, I have guests in here from time to time, and uh, and I think it's kind of interesting to see some of the newsmakers as they join us in here. Uh, anyway, that's the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. I invite you to check that out wherever you download uh, your apps. This is what we were talking about before the break, and it was the people of Iran uh, contrasted with the uh, Iranian regime. The president, uh, this is the morning after the attacks last night in Iraq, missiles launched from Iran uh, under the direction of uh, Iranian leaders at uh, air bases where U.S. military personnel and coalition forces were uh, have been operating for some time. Luckily, we've learned both from the president and the Department of Defense that we, in fact, uh, sustained no casualties. There were no American nor Iraqi deaths in the firing uh, or following the firings of these missiles by the Iranian regime. Now, I'm going to play for you one last clip from the president uh, as he delivered his remarks this morning. And it's a message to Iran directly. Finally, to the people and leaders of Iran, we want you to have a future and a great future, one that you deserve, one of prosperity at home and harmony with the nations of the world. The United States is ready to embrace peace with all who seek it. I want to thank you and God bless America. At the beginning of the last segment, I made kind of an odd invitation and it was to support the president. Now, I'm not asking you to stand behind him, stand behind all the tweets. Uh, I'm not asking you to agree with his policies. I'm not asking you to agree with some of the comments that he makes. I know that many of those are vulgar and crude, and they're uh, disquieting to certain sensibilities and sensitivities. I uh, find myself often frustrated. But if you listen here to what he's saying, he's telling uh, a nation, the people of that nation, its citizenry, that we do want peace. And it's important to understand, I feel, uh, that this nation, the nation of Iran, is led by people, uh, led by certain individuals who have a capacity to uh, deceive. And they have a capacity to uh, cause trouble and to do terrible things. Sometimes those terrible things elevate to the level of uh, taking lives. But... That doesn't necessarily mean that everyone in that nation shares those attitudes. Uh, A texter earlier on during the program today sent me a note, and it's a fair point. I'll read it to you 
uh, it reads, so what about all the people in the streets chanting death to America? It seems there is a general hatred for us. That is possible. But I think it is more likely the case that there are a number, thousands of them, granted, tens of thousands of them, granted, who will take to the streets. We see images of burning flags. Uh, we see these chants, death to America. But what we don't see are the mothers and the uncles and the fathers and the siblings of the, these protesters who are staying at home. If I, I think about friends of mine, uh, I think about you, I think about myself, my own uh, behavior and attitudes. I'm not sure that there is much that in my life would move me to take to the streets and protest. I don't think that the co- I don't think that that is common behavior. There are certainly exceptions. You all know maybe someone uh, who will find themselves protesting this or that. Maybe they gathered up in front of the federal building downtown a few days ago to protest uh, the the strike, the drone strike, which killed uh, that commander Soleimani and triggered this whole deal we've been talking about today. But for that one person you know who will take to the streets, you probably know about 50 or 100 who don't have that inclination. That's not to say they're not involved. That's not to say that you and I don't care about the, the government uh, under which we uh, live. Or, nor does it mean that we don't care about the community in which we find ourselves apart. But what it does mean is that sometimes uh, bringing about change and making your voice heard is not always done in the form of protesting. So to see these folks marching through the streets, I think maybe we should be a little slower to think that that is the general attitude held by the people of Iran. Let me once again play for you the the comments made by the president uh, dealing specifically with the people of Iran and his hopes for a peaceful future there in the nation. Finally, to the people and leaders of Iran. We want you to have a future, and a great future, one that you deserve. One of prosperity at home and harmony with the nations of the world. The United States is ready to embrace peace with all who seek it. I want to thank you, and God bless America. I'm ready to embrace peace. I'm ready to embrace peace among all those who seek it. I think you should be as well. And I think that we have an opportunity here to 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 have this attitude and uh, let it carry out. Now, is it going to be easy? Of course not. This is a terrible, messy thing, and there are some people in charge who are causing terrible destruction. And we don't know. Iran could rear its head and do more. This could be some sort of like false flag type things where they uh, lull us into uh, an attitude of oh, well, they just listen. The leadership just needed to show these rabble rouser type people among the population, the protester types, that yes, we are strong and mighty, and we will take a swing at the. United States, uh, they, they may be thinking uh, that that's all they needed to do. But what they could also be doing, again, this is the Iranian regime. This is some speculation I've heard uh, around uh, from Washington and elsewhere, some of the strategic types. There is a chance that this is uh, an effort to just lull us into some sort of false sense of security when they activate and mobilize these proxy actors. And we could see once we feel like we're on a pathway to, to great safety and security and peace uh, that, that the, the two punch comes. Last night may have been the one punch and the two punch could be on the way. But listen, we heard this morning from Representative John Curtis and we're going to hear from other representatives throughout the morning. He was in attendance at this briefing where the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Mark Esper, the Secretary of Defense, uh, CIA director. These are some smart folks. 
And, you know, you can trust them or not trust them, and that can come about for whatever reason. Uh, but I'm going to trust them. And this morning, uh, they have let us know, this morning and last night, uh, that they are seeking peace. And so whatever it is we can do to bring that about, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, listen, throughout the rest of the program, we're going to continue to cover this Iran uh, deal. I'm sorry for that. Uh, to be honest, there are a lot of other things happening out there, but this one is, this is, is important. Uh, very important. We are going to take a few breaks from from this issue and talk about other things. Uh, Boeing, Boeing, the the you know the aircraft manufacturer. Well, they uh, have made a change of course. Those Supermax deals, the seven thirty seven Maxes, have had a problem over the last few years. Have had some crashes, some led to some great tragedy. Well, they're changing the way they train pilots. They're advising folks to uh, pilots that is to go under simulator training. Now that sounds kind of silly and weird and where do we connect all the dots well we're going to do so today at about 150 speaking to abc news correspondent alex stone is going to join us he's going to explain to us what uh, it all means that these pilots will be undergoing simulator training and why boeing may have uh, made that change of course uh, speaking of boeing this one is is uh, an interesting story and we're going to cover it uh, a little bit later on in the program there was a plane crash last night uh, in iran not long after uh, Iranian officials or Iranian military uh, operatives launched missiles into Iraq at uh, American uh, places. Uh, they're, they're Iraqi air bases, but we, as Americans, we operate there from time to time, uh, along with our coalition partners. Well, there was a plane crash, a Boeing 737. Now, this isn't the MAX model that was grounded uh, last year after those two crashes. This isn't the MAX model we're going to be discussing with Alex Stone later on. This isn't the MAX model that Boeing will now require or at least recommend pilots undergo simulator training. This is another 737, and it crashed. There were 176 folks on board, a good number of them from Canada and uh, all around the world, uh, but a, a good number of them from from Canada and there is it is very early we don't know if there is any kind of connection between what happened last night uh, where missiles were fired at uh, American targets, uh, but uh, but a plane went down. And we're going to dive into the details of that. I'm going to talk to you about the geography of where it went down and the timing, how long after it uh, took off uh, did it come down, when we lost uh, radio contact. We're also uh, back on the topic of uh, the Iran deal. We're going to speak to Senator Mitt Romney. He's going to tell us what he learned in his classified briefing. Uh, Representative McAdams will join us as well, and Congressman Chris Stewart. And I'm particularly interested in hearing what Congressman Stewart has to say that's all coming up as we continue this episode, episode 17 of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 